Hello, welcome to You Haven't Blanked That. I'm Forrest. And this is Jimmy. Uh, it's going pretty good. So today is part two of our Sandman series. Right. So uh, we're actually going to be talking about uh, volume five, six, seven, eight. Yes. Perfect. Volume five is going to be Game of You. Game of You is basically, the quick synopsis is uh, take an apartment house at a drag queen, a lesbian couple, and some talking animals and to- uh, talking severed head. Yeah, right? About that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a confused heroine and the deadly cuckoos. Stir vigorously in a, with a hurricane and Morpheus himself will get you to this fifth installment of the Sandman series. Uh, this story this story uh, stars Barbie, uh, who first makes an appearance in the dollhouse and now finds herself a princess in a vivid dream world. So... So... What did you think of this, is, <laughs> this story? There's a lot that gets thrown out in this story. And there I like, is so much in this story. There's a lot. Um, a lot of people don't like this story. And I don't know if it's because of... Really? Because I don't know if it's because... You know how Neil has that whole all stories have genders thing? Yes. This one is a very female story. And yes. I, and, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I have to go back and read it because it wasn't my favorite. I didn't hate it. Okay, but also this goes this ties into the whole fantasy thing where this is more of a fantasy story, and I'm not big on fantasy stories as it is. I mean, there's a lot of genres in this, but right. I feel the main genre is fantasy for, for sure because we're with Barbie. You're with Barbie, and there's um, Martin Tenbones, who's a giant dog. Yeah, there's uh, Wilkinson, who's like. A detective shrew. Yeah, like a noir. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot that gets thrown out there. I mean, and it's and it's just and I. But that's what I kind of like about it, though, is that it's not the normal things you would see in a fantasy story. Yeah. And then like with the cuckoos as well. You know what I mean? The, yeah. When you find out what the cuckoo is, you're like, what the fuck. Yeah. And so like the story, like it's just, um, you know, we're we're seeing familiar characters, characters who are, are tied with other characters. Barbie like, was yeah. one of the or one of the early characters. Yeah, with Ken um, from the the second arc. Yeah, and also, um, what, what's her name? Judy. Oh, the, um, the Fox one, Love. No, uh, not Fox Love. Uh, Fox, Fox Glo- Love, but Fox Glove was was. Oh yeah, was, was the one from the the, from the diner. Who, the diner who pokes her eyes out with the skewers. Yeah. Vesely. Vesely is one of the characters that was in earlier as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. I know, and, I, and I think I kind of like, I mean, I, I think as I'm, as I'm going through this more, it reminds me of the Venture Brothers, how the Venture Brothers will have characters. Oh, totally. Um, in like seasons from way before, and they'll bring them back later to use them later. You know what I mean? They yeah, just yeah, yeah. kind of, they'll mention a character offhand over here, 
And then later they'll just use that character in a story when they need a character. Yeah. Instead of, you know what I mean? So I like Instead of inventing a new one, like we already have one that's we just... We already have this type them. of character we, that we we just kind of touched on a bit. Which is perfect because you enrich the character as you're bringing them back in for the second round. You know, yeah. We, yeah, no, it's, it's And amazing. it makes people... Barbie is, uh, she ends up painting her face throughout the entire story. Well, what she's doing, yeah, because what she's doing is she's reinventing herself every day. Yeah. And so she makes herself different every day for this. And she's going out with Wanda. Yeah. Who Wanda is a transsexual. She's pre-op transsexual. Yeah. From Kansas. And she hasn't done it yet because she's afraid of surgery. Right. And then, but they refer to her a couple times in this book as tranny. And like, I feel like. But is that that's a, uh, but that's a word of its time. That's a word of its time, and, that, you know, and the thing with that though, when it's words of their times, you have to use that as a character. You use it as a character flaw. How many? How much early Stephen King does he drop the N word? Oh yeah, tons, tons. You know I mean? I, yeah. I, I compared, I mean, if you read Stephen King now, he doesn't. I hardly see anything outside of maybe maybe Mexican. <laughs> yeah. Where that person is from, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. It won't be like you know. He won't say like Latin American or Mexican American. He'll just say Mexican, and that's this as far one, as it goes. I feel like it would be more prevalent, more well receptive now with like. So do you feel? Women. You know what I mean? Because basically, this is a woman's story. Yeah. From like beginning to end. This, of this one arc. in Dollhouse, I can see being women's story. This is the first stories. one is a male story. And well, but this one it has like little bits of misogyny thrown in there in the fantasy but, world. In the fantasy world, yes. But you know what, though? Like, people get upset when people put those things in there. But how are you supposed to show adversity? Like, my grandma would be like, well, the, the that she'd be watching something and she wouldn't like something because something is so mean. Well, a villain is supposed to be fucking mean. Yeah. Like, a villain is, is supposed to be a piece of shit. You're not supposed to like the villain. Yeah. You know, you can say, you know, you can anti-hero it and you can't not, you know, you can sometimes not like the hero also. But a villain is supposed to be a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, this one, it's like, it leads into, like, you know, you're seeing the friendship between Wanda and Barbie and how they get along, and then, like, but you, like, the thing with Barbie, though, I feel like she's very kind of, like... Plastic? Yeah, and very kind of airy and very kind of not really with the real world, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then because of that, like, I'm thinking, like, is that why Wanda wants to be her friend? Because, like, subconsciously she wants to be that ideal version of, like, a... Of a vapid girl, do you know what I mean? It could be. But then, like you know, but as you're realizing, like the two of them have a, a really good friendship. Um, Hazel, um, man, they just drop words in this in this book all the time. But in the dream world, they called her Bulldike, right? She had a dream of a yeah Professor Bulldike, and I'm it, like, I'm like, okay, again, cool. But then this is like where all these things. But again, like, like if you're having a horrible, if you're supposed to be having, having a, a nightmare. It's not your nightmare isn't supposed to let up. We live in a world where there's a lot of need for representation, or no, a lot of there's there was want a... of representation. Okay, and I feel like this book, when it came out, was given it. I mean, it, it is you're wrong. You're not wrong because there's a re- it's like I said, a very female story. So there's there's your your woman representation. Yeah. Um. There's a, a and there's a there's, there's a, a, a transsexual. And it, which gives you know, sheds light on. But he was saying one of the things he said about that story is at the beginning of the story, Wanda, oh, nobody liked Wanda. He said he by issue the first issue of this story, oh, nobody really? liked Wanda. But then you get to the end of it, and all those people who are upset that they 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 felt so 
like upset about what happens to Wanda and how they and what happens in that epilogue of the oh, story. Oh, see, that's great writing, right yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, it's good. You know what I mean? And it's it's one of those. He does the thing where you're showing like, well, that's just a person. That's what this person does. Yeah. And you know, they all those people. Well, let's who, jump to the end because, like, I I, I want to talk about Wanda. Okay. So, Wanda. Wanda ends up okay. For some, okay, so you kind of kind of go to the beginning. Wanda was shitty to that that homeless. The lady. homeless person. Yeah, and so at the end of it, she and then saves Barbie the, gave her money, gave her her change, and then yeah. Wanda got all bitchy about it. Like, what the fuck are you giving me? And then at the end of the story, Wanda when they go, those two this, people are big players at the very end. Yeah, they're too big at the end. So all the other girls go into the fantasy world and they go try to try to find Barbie, Thessaly, and the lesbians. Yeah, try to go in there and try to find Barbie, and, and they Wanda's, leave and they Wanda leave behind Wanda behind because it's a woman's road that they're going the moon's road. Yeah, because they're using the menstrual blood, and Wanda has to stay behind. But I like how the witch was very much like not trying to insult her. Yeah, but just kind of like, like you're not coming. This is it is what it is. Yeah, and so she stays behind. But that was hur- like that that right there. But that's there's where a hurricane, and Wanda's see- arc comes in yeah. like a motherfucker. So there's a hurricane. So. Uh, there's a hurricane and she there's a that home she sees somebody outside doesn't know who it is she goes outside and saves them and brings the person in finds out it's the homeless lady she was shitty to at the beginning yeah, of the story Meryl Myrtle I don't think they gave a name to it I think they did anyway so but at the end of the story Myrtle Hills okay at the end of the story they both die in the hurricane yeah and they both um, die trying to save keep Barbie safe yeah and so they both die and um Barbie goes back to Kansas for the funeral for for, for Wanda. Uh, well, Alvin. Alvin. Well, they they when she goes there, they go and they put it back. To How great people. was that scene with Alvin's mo- uh, aunt and with Barbie at the the bathroom? Kind of being like because like they Barbie went to the bathroom uh, and she's put on her black dress after mm-hmm. taking the Greyhound down there and she draws a veil on her face. Yeah. And then so everybody's all like, "Who's this fucking weirdo?" And then they're like, "But I like how they show the the shitty men in the diner too." Yeah, just to kind of remind you that this is a woman's story, and regardless of what's going on, like there's always going to be shitty people around you, regardless yeah. of what's happening. And then they show the two guys just seems like, "Oh, I got a seat for her. It's my face, you know, whatever." And then, but Barbie just ignores them because yeah. it's kind of like, I like that they added that in there just for the sheer fact that. It just reminds you, you don't know what people are going through and you don't know where they are in their life. Yeah. And regardless of what's happening, that shittiness that's always there, it's always going to be there. You yeah. Know what I mean? So it's, I like that they showed it because it's kind of like, as dudes, we I, I don't think about it. You know what no. I mean? But it's it's true. It's always kind of there. I know I have. I, like, I, I'm sure I have, but I've said it as a young, stupid person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've said grab by the pussy, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've also probably said it as a joke. Like I would never be like that. Per- I, I but I joke about everything. Yeah, yeah. In general, I my thought, and I and I and if, I think this is what happened at my old job, is that I would say things that I was that were fucking off the wall as a joke, uh-huh. and nobody picked up that I was joking. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. except for like one coworker who sat next to me, and she got all my jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like my managers didn't get it. So now I go to Hove, where I'm at now, uh-huh. and they picked up on it. Like, oh, he's of course is making a joke. He this is what he does. He he makes light of things. <laughs> yeah, you know, what I mean, if I say yeah, something yeah. that insane, no, I don't mean it. I'm making a joke. Like, why would I think something that crazy? <laughs> yeah. But so, like, 
you know what I mean? I, 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 and I think it's always was kind of always been, and my way of reading the room, I, I think I can, the way I would read a room as a teenager and in my, in my early 20s was, was like, I'm gonna, well, well I, I feel like my jokes, I went for the easy vulgar joke a lot of times. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I usually go for vulgar because it's shocking and like well, you'll get a couple good. Well, my thing it. on it though is that it has to be. Worth it has it. to be yeah, it has to be good. At this point now, I, I feel like I've got it fine tuned to where it's worth it because you don't want them to groan all the time. Yeah, yeah you yeah. want them to groan a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. want one groan so they know who's boss, uh, <laughs> but they don't. You don't want to like make it cringy all the time. Yeah, um, or you like, need to write that line like The Office did. The Office wrote that line with cringy. Uh-huh. Just right. Yeah, because yeah. like my jokes in rooms, uh, they're usually just slight comments here and there. Yeah. But I never make a comment or a joke that makes someone completely not feeling okay. It that's depends, where that's why I cross the line. On the situation. Well, that depends on the situation. I'm not gonna make feel some make somebody purpose feel uncomfortable. To make them uncomfortable, unless they really piss me off. That's my way of doing. It. That's my way of doing. Yeah. It. I won't get into fights. I'll make you feel like shit, but I'm not gonna punch you in the face. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna get you in the gut. But yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna get you in the gut. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, this one, I like it because like that 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 just shitty objectifying man men situation in the bar when she walks by is perfect because it's like. Fuck yeah! Like that—that's gonna happen regardless of where you are in your life. You Sadly, know? yeah. And then it's—it's it's shitty, but it's showing you as a reader like that's a constant, regardless of what's going on. Yeah. And then like obviously we're dealing with the funeral here. She still has to deal with this. You know what I mean, yeah. And then uh, she sits down, and then she's sitting down with Alvin's aunt, but she keeps referring to, to Alvin, Alvin as and Wanda, Wanda and her. her and her and she and using those pronouns. Alvin's aunt is basically saying, "I get it." I'm more understanding than my sister is. Do not say those words. Try not to make things worse than what they are because it'll, it'll just whatever. She was like, I get it, blah, 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 blah. And then she was like, kind of like, but you, you have, you're not going to start a fight at a funeral. But then like, as she's there, like they, they treat Barbie like shit. They're like, yeah. okay, cool. You go in the back. And then uh, Alvin's mom was like, why the hell is she wearing that face? And like, oh, it's something that New Yorkers do. It's small. Trying yeah. to make it like okay. And she goes, she's not coming over to the fucking house. Like, we've got people coming over. And as far as everyone in this fucking county is aware, Alvin is a God-fearing child, and that's how he's going to die. All right, that's God's how it's going to be. Buried. And then and you're like, whoa. But then you know what? That's, that is a hard fact of how people that's are. That's how it is. It's still like that. It's like, still like that. Yeah, and it's kind of like, changed. fuck. And then it's just kind of like, shit. Like, I, that's I, a rough I'm fucking really way to go. I'm interested to see how this part of the of the story plays out on the TV show. The first season of that show is going to be books one through three. Okay. Okay. Dude, so, I'll be happy if they make it all the way. I'll be, oh, if they uh, make it to Overture, that'd be fucking dope. I'm not sure how they're doing everything. I'm, if maybe Overture would be before. I'm, I'm assuming some of Overture. I'm sure if, like, the, if they do all of it, they'll get to it. Or maybe they'll sprinkle it in. Overture? They, yeah. I would think because you could totally sprinkle that in within well, the stories. Yeah. Let's see. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so like basically they tell Barbie to get in, the, get in the back. And then so she's whatever. And then at the very end, um, the aunt tells her, you know, like in post dialogue, like um, she'll take her back to the to the bus stop. She's not allowed to come to the house. And Barbie's cool with it, doesn't, doesn't care, want it, doesn't want to go. And then, but I like that whole moment where like Barbie's now at the grave and she's standing, kneeling in front of the the grave, kind of talking. But I like how she just kind of like sits down at the edge of the grave with her feet in the in like 
in the hole. And then she pulls out that bizarro comic book and she talks about the shitty men again at the comic book store and how like she felt stupid and weak but she wished that Wanda was there because she's a strong enough woman to make her be brave to throw it in their face. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I like it even then like she's still acknowledging Wanda as a woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Regardless of whatever's happening like she's still a woman. And then like you know gives her the comic book and then like they're kind of chit chatting or whatever and then she goes fuck your town and then she pulls out her lipstick and she just crosses out fucking Album. the name and writes Wanda, Wanda and, yeah. lipstick, and she goes home I'm like fuck yeah. Like there was such a strong and power empowerment like moment in that whole story because the whole thing is just well we didn't get to what the the, the journey was so let's kind of oh, go to the journey yeah, yeah, yeah. so the journey was um they were trying to destroy her fantasy world and now when she was and they kind of allude to it in the in in the dollhouse yeah that when she goes to sleep she goes into this fantasy world where she's like the princess queen type thing and she goes on all these adventures with those four animals right there's um there's that beast, there's the, the beast, there's Martin the Bones. And so And the monkey. And the monkey yes, that's right, the monkey. Yeah. Um Pernado. Pernado. So yeah, so I mean all this stuff happened. I mean that, that that she would go on all these adventures and then they that world is being destroyed. Yeah. Which Because Barbie hasn't been dreaming there. and she hasn't been going back to her dream world. So Yeah. Martin so, Ten Bones comes out trying to find her and ends up getting shot. By the police. By the police. Like, what the fuck? A giant dog. Yeah. yeah. And then, but she sees Barbie right before she dies. And then Martin Tenbones gives her that necklace. And then she goes into the And that's where world. Wanda and them go to that coffee shop. Yeah. And then they bring her back home. But then, like, um, that's where we find out that the cuckoos are, like. Yeah, the cuckoo is, is essentially destroying that world. Yeah. And she goes on this journey to, to, you know, to destroy the cuckoo and find out what it is. Because they have to bring um, she, the well, Warpentine. She, well, yeah, she gets that necklace, and that necklace puts her into sleep. Yeah. And then that's what kind of like, and then it gets into the whole thing. But um, the cuckoos have um, infected Martin. Or that, what was George? George, yes. George is another person who lives in that same building. Yeah. And so... And the cuckoos have now built a nest inside his chest. So he cuts himself, and he opens up his, like, chest. And those birds and fly And those out. birds fly out. And they, and they give everybody in that, in that building uh, a nightmare. Right. But the thing is, like, everybody except for the Thessaly. witch. Well, Thessaly. It goes after Thessaly, and she fucking, like, grabs it. And yeah, like, ah, she goes, ah, what the fuck are you supposed to hear? Yeah, and she kills him. Because she's then, a witch, and she knows what's going on. So she goes and kills George. Yeah, cuts his face off and hangs him up and hangs his skin up. Yeah, cuts his yeah cuts his face off, puts him plucks out his eyes, nails eyes to where they need to be, and cuts out his tongue. Or she bites off his tongue and then sticks it in his mouth, yeah. and then commands George to tell him what's up. And then she goes, "Okay, cool." And then that's the part where, part of all that, uh, Hazel tells Barbie that she's pregnant. Yeah, and she is uh, Foxglove's girlfriend, friend. and then she like. I guess she ended up like, having a one night stand, yeah, stand yeah. with like her bus boy. Uh, she doesn't know how to tell Foxglove, and then Barbie's just kind of like, like oh, "We'll figure this out." And like, it took me a while to remember this, but like, there used to be an old way of telling if you were pregnant, and it was with like, oh, are you talking about the needle thing? The needle thing, where if you hold a needle and it goes clockwise or counterclockwise, no. But I've heard that too. But no, this had to do with the rabbit. Like, if you... There used to be an old, like, pregnancy kit where you take the blood out of yourself and you inject it into a hair and then 
Hare, H-A-R-E? Yeah, like a rabbit. Okay. And then, like, inject it into the rabbit. Inject it into the ovaries of the rabbit, or the rabbit itself. And then, because you would have to kill the rabbit and then to find Clearly. out. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what Hazel was talking about in this thing, that she didn't want to kill rabbit. Yeah. Because like that's how you would know, and then Barbie tells her like, no, there's a there's a new thing, you pregnancy test. Pee on a kid. stick, bro. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, but that's that's what she was referring to, because mm-hmm. that used to be like a way for women to find out whether they were pregnant or not. I've never heard that. I'm oh really? Wrong. I've never heard that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like you had to kill a rabbit. That's why she was like, she keeps referring to killing a rabbit constantly in the story. So I was like, oh, okay, like, but I thought that was yeah. such a weird like concept to bring out. Of the story, like why would you bring that out? Yeah, uh, being that you're not aware of it, so, I was going to ask you what you think that meant in this whole story. No, I never even heard about that. Like I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, okay, yeah. So then, um, so Barbie's with the animals, and she's going to find the cuckoo. She gets to the cuckoo, and she finds out it's a younger version of herself. Yeah, as they're in the dream world, the cuckoos are marching up and down, and like in the dream world, they're actual like soldiers, and they're marching. Yeah. They're not birds, and then like they're kind of trying to figure out where everyone's at. The whole world's kind of coming, crumbling around her. The monkey ends up dying. Yes, like, the monkey ends up dying uh, by one of the soldiers. By the trees. By the trees, that's right. There's, there's kind of a Wizard of Oz references throughout this. Oh, yeah, throughout the whole thing. And then um, and then they're now to the point where, like, everyone's kind of, like, just screwed. And, like, uh, Luz ends up going down to, like, the city thinking, like, okay, cool, I'm going to find our helpers and bring them up here and then we'll be okay. But then you realize you double-crossed the whole team and they kill the shrew in the detective coat. Well, no, the shrew gets killed when Thessaly when, comes out. Thessaly thinks it's... Because what happened... No, because... Don't you remember? Because, like, it's like... you Like, Luz comes back and goes, you trade... You you tricked us and you lied to us and blah, blah, blah. And then he grabs the... By Cuckoo's orders, they kill the the, the shrew and they take her back downstairs. That's when Thessaly and the other ones come back, see him there, then they... they they're going to use the magic, and they use the stone circles, and then they use her blood to pull him back out to talk to him. And then they find out, oh, okay, where's where's Barbie? Oh, she's down there with Cuckoo. And that's when they go down to see. No? I thought it was one of them, because Thessaly kills one of those animals. No. She 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 wants to kill... She kills Luz at the bottom, at yeah. the Thorn Island, because... Loses a bird, and she assumes cuckoo. Oh, that's the bird, and she wants to kill the thing. And Thessaly still wants to kill the cuckoo, but doesn't know it's the kid. But yeah, the kid's like, "Oh, help! Help! It's trying to kill me!" And that's the cuckoo. And yeah. then she helps. She kills the bird because basically what happens is like when you find out that um, Barbie, uh, they take take her to the Citadel, and then you realize it's just a normal house. And then when they go inside the house. They realize it's just her as a little girl. Yeah. And it was like the moment in her, the moment in her life where she like felt like alone. That dream just became its own entity, and then mm-hmm. like so now it wants to be free and it wants to infect other dreams and it wants to just go to different worlds because everyone has dreams. Everyone has a universe within universes of within universes of themselves. Yeah. And it just wants to be free and do its own thing. The only way it can break free is if it just kills Barbie and takes her place and then like then it could jump to different worlds after all this is happening they end up taking Barbie's necklace the cuckoo ends up taking the necklace the little girl and smashes against like the the totem that's there that Japanese stone yeah and it, because that dream world was created a long time ago from somebody else 
and then just people just kind of just visit that land in the dreams and just kind of make it their own. That's when Morpheus shows up. And yeah, then, like he's just kind of. As soon as those stones hit, Morpheus pops in. Yeah, and he's like, "You called me, like blah blah." blah. Like I almost called you, and then the girl's excited because once the moon goes down, they're able to leave. Yeah, and then like, oh, she's able to leave, but also if the moon goes down, Foxglove, Hazel, and Thessaly, like they're stuck in the dream world. And yeah, and once the moon's away, because they have no road back home. Yeah, and so Morpheus comes in, kind of like the world is just like falling apart so Morpheus kind of restores it because he needs it because it's part of the dream world because other dreamers are using it so he restores it yeah because otherwise all those animals would have to go to everybody in that dream world would have to go to his part of the realm yeah and so everybody comes and he starts calling everybody to himself to keep it safe it's like dust in the wind he just kind of lets it go but he keeps that island because everyone's waking up so there's no need for that place to exist at that moment but then, like, he realized, okay, cool. He yells at the witches, telling them, like, you're stuck here. You came uninvited. I didn't invite you here. You're not supposed to be here. So I'm going to leave this portion of the island here for you. But fuck you. You're on your own. He has to deal with Barbie. He has to deal with the cuckoo. Cuckoo wants to break free and whatever. And then Thessaly's like, you need to kill the cuckoo. I, you know, it's like, why? Like, it's a living thing. It exists because it needs to exist. And it wants to be free just like everybody else. I'm not gonna kill it. Yeah. And then like, and then that's what Barbie's like. I, yeah, I could kill it for you if that's what you want. Because like, they use the word boon as like a wish. You yeah. Know I mean? Like so they're like you know I give you your boon if you want I could kill him, but kill then, the cuckoo, if that's what you want. Mm. I can send my power. I just what do you want? And then like that's where Barbie is just kind of like her vapidness kind of saves the day a little bit because she just wants. Her and her friends to get home safely. And then Dream's like, oh, okay, well, if that's the case, it's going to take a while to get you home safely. But, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll make this happen. And then that's when he kind of sends everybody back to where they need to be. But then the cuckoo ends up changing from a little girl to, like, this, like, rainbow black yeah, like bird. And it yeah. just flies away. And then it's kind of like, and that's kind of like how it was. Maybe because it's a woman's story. And yeah, all her dead friends end up coming back to life. And you find out that her dead animal friends were just her toys that she had when she was a little girl. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you kind of like, that's cool that that kind of brings everybody where the real world basically invokes dreams on the like subtle things, things that you have, everyday things kind of like become bigger things or bigger like representations in your dreams. And like, I don't know. I, I thought this story was super dope because like it's good. It's good. Like I said, I, 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 I'm shocked to hear that it's like not. A lot of uh, people popular. don't like it. Yeah, it's not. The, it's not. I, I probably the least popular of the stories. That's a bummer. Um, I'm interested. Like I said, I'm interested to see how they do it on the show. Yeah. Well, the thing too. Oh, that'd be good. But the thing is, like, I figured was now like, in this world of like PC like representation, like you're saying. Yeah, like it's one of those where it's like, remember how a couple years ago it was like all men, all white men must die. And, like, all this other anti-men woman's rally that was going on. All that... I haven't heard anything about that in the past year. I get yelled at for being a dick all the time. But it's one of those where it's, like, I'm not gonna sugarcoat your bullshit. Uh, yeah, you know I mean? not, and I'll, I'll ask... And 
people always think I'm being a dick, but I'm trying to ask a, a legit question because I'm trying to figure out, oh, if this is your thought, that's fine. Like, this yeah. is your thought. I'm trying to figure out the thought process more than anything. Yeah. So I ask questions that, are, that aren't normally asked. I mean, you've heard me ask people questions, and I'm not trying to be offensive with it. I'm trying to figure out, this is your reasoning. Is yeah. this your reasoning for it? And I'm just trying to look at it from this angle, which is a different angle that you probably don't get asked about it. All right, Force. So uh, now after the – I was going to ask you a question. Yeah, I'll ask you a question, and then we'll move on. Being that this book is about women, which woman in the story reminds you of your mom? Um, that's a weird question. Um, well, because these are kind of like all like the women in this story are like archetypes of like women. Okay. So, like, it's kind of like... Um, so, there should be an equal representation about this. I don't know. Um, fuck. That's a good question. Because um, I can tell you right now, the one that represents my mom the most... Mm-hmm. I would say Thessaly, I think. Thessaly for your mom? I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say Hazel or... Fox Love for your mom? Hazel. Yeah. Hazel or um, Myrtle Hill. Okay. One of the two. Not that, like, well, one, because it's one that's, like, I feel like my mom's more, like, um, timid and more worried and more family-oriented, and I believe those are the only two that are, like, those ways. Even though Hazel's, like, secretly pregnant and scared, but she's still very protective about Guarding relationships, like guarding her relationship with like Foxglove, guarding her friendship with like Barbie, mm-hmm. and then with Hazel, I feel just because it's the older woman, it's more like uh, I have kids that are older, blah 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 blah, and she's kind of yeah, you know I mean, it's kind of like I feel yeah. those two, but yeah, I could totally see your mom as the Thessaly. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I thought about it when I was reading it. I was like, because I was that weird question. Because I was thinking, like, oh, okay, obviously these people represent so-and-so. Like, I was thinking, oh, like, which represents, like, you know, girls that, like, I dated before. Like, which ones fit with which. You know what I mean? And then, like, it's funny because I could kind of, like, Point. funnel, like, every every female I know within these characters and yeah. be like, oh, okay, yeah, like, this would be your archetype of, like, in this story of, like, who I've been with. But, yeah. You went a little deep. The next book is... Uh, fables and Reflections. Yes. Which is a bunch of short stories. Yeah. Basically, short stories is all it was. So, um, but what was cool about this is that it actually ties in real life characters. Yeah. Historical characters into his stories. So it gets more of like a, rather than just like Shakespeare and like the first one, this is now other people. Because you get, uh, Mark Twain's in this. Mark Twain's in this. Uh, the Emperor of the United States is in this. Emperor Norton. Yeah, Norton. He's a real person. I know. Isn't that trippy? It is. Uh, and then, uh, who else? Uh, Saint Just, the French to the two guys yeah. are in this thing too. Yeah, I mean, like, the there's a few things. Like, so, the the one with... Baba Yaga? Probably, yeah. That's not real, but, yeah. but the myth. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the... Um, the Russian werewolves. The Russian werewolves. My That's, favorite story. Is that your favorite story? That's my this favorite one? story. Well, the um, the one about Joshua Abraham Norton is called Three Septembers and a January. Yeah. What's that a takeoff of? Can you guess? 
Oh, uh, three September. You know, I should focus on the titles of these fucking yeah. stories. Uh, I don't know. Four weddings and a funeral. Uh, he knows Richard Curtis who was writing it. Shut the fuck up. Is that what it is? Like, yeah. Oh, that's dope. Um, he's like, oh, I'm writing this thing for weddings and a funeral. So he called this thing. And I think it was like way before the movie came out. Oh, uh, okay. And so it was three September's and a January. I like that. I and like that. Did you read anything about Joshua Abraham Norton? Do you know anything about? Oh, uh, I know that he existed. I know that he uh, proclaimed himself to be the. Yeah, so he declared emperor. himself the Emperor of the United States, later the Protector of Mexico. Bless his heart. <laughs> he initially made a living as a businessman, but he lost his fortune investing in Peruvian rice. Um, he was selling it to China, uh, to sell to China due to a, a Chinese rice shortage. He bought the rice at 12 cents a pound from Peruvian ships, but more Peruvian ships kept coming in, so uh-huh. it took it down to 4 cents a pound. And, it, was, and it killed yeah. his business, you know, it was, it was like a third yeah. of what it was. So then he lost a lawsuit where he tried to void his rice contracts. Ooh, that sucks. And his that public took everything. and his public prominence faded. Like people liked him. Like they knew him as the emperor. Like yeah, yeah. they were all cool with him. He reemerged in September of um, eighteen fifty nine. Lang, and that's when he had, I'm dead. That was, no, no, that's when he came in eighteen fifty nine. That's when oh. he became the emperor of the United States. Okay. What I liked about that story is that well, what I like about this. This volume is that we start to see more of, like, everybody. Yeah. And, like, I love how we jump into despair. And it's him about to kill himself and despair's in the room. Just kind of just hanging around. Just kind of like... They have despair being that way because they say despair's like a... Like a, a gorilla that's just this powerful, like the gorilla, unmovable, like elephant in the room type of thing. This unmovable object that, regardless of how you want, unless it wants to leave, it'll leave. Yeah, that's why she's all fat and naked. Fat and naked. But um, I like that she's just there, just kind of just in the background, just like wanting him to just fall deeper into herself, but yeah, he doesn't. And, he, and she even tells him like he won't. He's just here wasting my time. And then uh, then you get delirium who pops in. And Delirium's just kind of like, you know, he's just brinking on that tiptoe of madness where, like, he might be insane, but he may, he's not, but he's just writing that line that Delirium can't really have him. But it's, this is where Dream ends up having that bet with uh, with Despair, saying, yeah. like, you know, who would win? And then, like, so, because later on, Desire pops in. I love Desire. Yeah. Little, I don't like Desire, dude. Like, Desire's a, a little Desire's bitch. A little bitch, yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. an asshole. Yeah. But I just like, because he's like the devil in the room. And everywhere he goes. He's, everywhere he's he like, goes. He's like, he's the wind spoo that just stirs the shit. Yeah, yeah, that's why I like him. Him, her. But, um. That would be, see, I wouldn't want to see David Bowie play Dream, however he wants. I want David Bowie to be Desire. David oh. Bowie, like then like Duke David Bowie, that'd be fucking would badass. be fucking great if he because was... every now and again, uh, Desire dresses up like Bowie. Yeah, Bowie. He looks yeah. Like Bowie. He always looks like 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 thin white Duke Bowie. Yeah. But um, oh, in American Gods, uh, what's her face dressed up like David Bowie? Oh, Television or uh, media? Media. Yeah. Eh. Desire tries to pull him in with like you know women, mm-hmm. like you know which ones do you want? And like even dreams like, like. Brother, sister, like that was a weak ass attempt. He goes, "Oh fuck you!" You wave, you wave pussy in his face. <laughs> yeah, way to be fucking subtle. And then so he takes off because it was like his old business partner that was like dead, who brought him back, who tried to offer yeah. him the stuff. Dream one because he basically just gave him a dream of being king, and he became a king. And then it's just kind of like I like how it's just kind of like whatever. And then it comes to the very end, and it's just like 
death is there, and it's just kind of like cool. It, it was a great interaction between family. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I liked it. Uh, what was the next story? Uh, the next one was the Thermidor. Uh, well, there was Thermidor, and then which was the okay. Hunt, which is the werewolves. That one was my favorite. It's such a good story. And then the gypsy woman scene. Have you heard? Okay, so the, the scene with the gypsy woman. What about it? Okay, so this was inspired by a dinner that Neil had with Alan Moore. Moore was going over a scene from from the book From Hell. From Hell. Yeah. Okay. He was talking about a. He was t- telling Neil, and you know how graphic the, Alan Moore gets. Yeah. This is the so, the Jack the Ripper story. Yeah. Okay. So he's going into the scene and. The way he's like, I can, Neil's like, I can see things happening and I can read it, but if you're telling me in detail over and over, he's like, I'm going to get fucking sick. So he goes, I need to get some fresh air. Uh-huh. And he went outside and to get the air and he's kind of sitting down outside this restaurant, kind of taking a moment because like, he was like, I'm going to fucking vomit. Yeah. And this lady comes up that he was homeless. And he's like, oh no, no, I'm not homeless. And he kind of told her what was going on. And she's like, all right, well, I'm going to read your fortune. And she was about to tell him his fortune, and then Alan Moore came out, and she went, and she left. And it scared her off, and she left. Oh, really? Yeah. Because Yo, first off, Alan Moore is actually terrifying when you see him. Okay, so um, this one, all-time favorite. I, I like favorite? it so much. Yeah, I like it because it's a very. I like, I like the cat one a lot, though. From the from the other from the other like was it three or four? Is three the one that has the cat? Is it the volume? Yes. Of cats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like Dream that. of Cats. Or yeah. Martin Luther of Cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a really good one. But this one I liked because it was very much like, it reminded me of it's a good, a Princess Bride. Oh, yeah, huh. It is a good flip on fantasy stories, too. Yeah, because it's basically this grandpa time, his granddaughter. But I like that whole, like, very end where it's like he's telling you the story and the teenagers interrupt him constantly like mm-hmm. Fred Savage was yeah you know? so it's kind of like okay cool and he's like shut the fuck up and then like at the very end you're just kind of like oh dude like he's trying to fucking tell you a story and you're being a little shit mm-hmm. the entire time that he's like searching for the duke the princess the duke's daughter to give her the necklace cause like he yeah he, like he falls in love with her but then like he ends up seeing this wild woman who beats her to a deer and then like but he's still like on this journey to see this dude's thing he sees Sandman intervenes because he's got a book he gives it to because uh, Lucian ends up losing it and gives it back to him yeah and then like Dream gives him a boon and so he like sends him over to see the the daughter of the duke and she's asleep and he goes over and wakes her up and he gives her the necklace and he leaves and then you're like, what the fuck? And then, like, the daughter... And then, like, the granddaughter's like, well, what the hell's all this stuff? He goes... After that point, she cuts him off and he goes, like, whatever. And the grandpa's just kind of sad. It's like, fuck, I'm trying to tell you where you come from and who you are. But, like, whatever. He goes, like, you didn't even ask me why... You didn't ask me why he didn't choose... Or he didn't want to talk to the, the Duke's daughter. He goes, like... And then he... As he's about to leave, he goes, like... Because your grandmother wouldn't let up that she beat me to the deer. You're like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it was such a great little thing. But like, that's the whole werewolf story. Like, yeah. That, oh, that one just like it tickled my imagination, and I just I fell in love with it like from beginning to end. Like, that's my favorite story of this whole like out of all vo- the uh, the out of this volume. Out of the volume or out of the whole series? Uh, no, this volume. Okay. Yeah. And then August was about Augustus Caesar. This one was just okay to me. Dude, he was a little shit. You yeah. Know I mean? And you see it throughout the whole story, and you're just like, okay, like, I, yeah. yeah, I, you see the like, the shittiness that happens to him. You're like, okay, I get it, but I can at least favorite out of all of them. Yeah, I think so. And then soft places. I didn't, I didn't write, I didn't write any notes on it because I was just like, okay. Yeah. The Song of Orpheus. Is this it, one's this, a dope story. Yeah, well, this is also it. It also kind of ties into the next. 
Because this is the one well, with St. Jude and uh, Constantine. Uh, what's your name? Justin Constantine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you also see him kind of like setting up the ending on things too. Like he starts winding. I mean, the next one you definitely see things start winding down. The next one is the. The next volume. The next volume is basically. And the story is going to end. Yeah. You know what I mean, like this, this is. We're here. We're going to end this story soon. And then yeah. you, it, it's such a. We'll get that in a second. I like how Morpheus kind of shows up and he's just kind of like talking to uh, Constantine, which is John Constantine's. Yeah. Mom? Or something like that. Grandma? Yeah. And then, um, but she's also tied in with the other story that happened earlier in volume two. Which three one? with uh Ophelia. Oh, oh yeah, the, the not Ophelia. Um Calyp- Calypso? No. Uh Calliope. Oh yeah, the one where the guy's like raping her. Yeah. So that kind of ties in that whole story and then she's also part of with like the dream, uh the dollhouse storyline too. Yeah. So um I like how like he's just like yeah, bringing just characters together and making it more of a coherent like isolated kind of like concentrated story. But like I like how they ha- Morpheus asked her to do something, tells her I can't give you all this stuff and blah blah blah, but needs her to do this thing. And then basically next thing you know, you see her walking down the street, and then she's got a severed head in a bag. And they stop her and she talks about this guy raped his uh, sister, and like he's bringing back the head to his mom. Trying to get past the thing, and he spits on the face. She spits on the face. Yeah. And then like, what the fuck? And then so the the soldier ends up walking up to the the severed head and cuts off the earring, the gold earring, and says like, "Thanks, whatever," and leaves. And then like at that point, the head wakes up and's like, "Don't worry about the earring. It'll give them like nothing but misery, and eventually it'll come back to me. I've lost it before." And you're like, "Oh, that's a cool little fun story. I want to know more yeah. about." But like, you end up finding out that like this is where it gets into that whole French history of St. Just and then how like he just captures all these people and like he keeps them and like plays with them and then sends them out to the guillotines but also he tortures he fucks with the bodies afterwards because he had that headless torso puppet show that he was showing the people and the... Yeah. yeah it's a dark this is like a fun like creepy gritty horror story yeah it, it, you don't know and it doesn't start off that way this would be a dope thing to see like when done do film wise yeah well, then the last one, the other one is a Parliament of Rooks, which follows Daniel Hall, which is Hippolyta's child from that oh, one. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. She was like pregnant for for like thirteen months or whatever. Yeah, that one's cute, and that one, uh, that one has the baby version of the little endless. The little endless. Now yeah. I have a question about this one. Um, do you think because have you seen that episode of The Simpsons where Alan Moore's on it? Yes. So do you think that's the why... The Baby Watchman? Yeah, do you yeah, think yeah. that's why he was okay with the Baby Watchman? Because by all, as particular, we'll say, as Alan Moore is about his work... Yeah, he's a nightmare with his work. Well... Because, uh, you know what? Rightly so. He he, he wrote what he wrote, and the, it's good where it is. He doesn't need, like, a... Well, you know what? I feel like he should watch the the Watchman TV show, because that keeps the fucking tone of that comic so well. He he hasn't. He, I know he won't. He never will. And it's it's fucking sad because yeah. I think he would be like, I don't think he'd be one hundred percent on it. Yeah, but I think he would like it more than other adaptations of his things. I feel like he would like the Watchmen movie too. I don't. Mm. I, I think taking out the galactic yeah stuff out. would kind of irritate the fuck out of him. But it's a great. It's I better. Like it's better than the fucking League of Extra. Uh, oh fuck, that's a the League of, of Extraordinary Gentlemen. 
And I like... I, well, I can finish... That comic wasn't... I like it because it was just a very different thing than I was reading from. Well, and I, I love the art. So the I, was art, like, I like the art. The, I agree with you with, on the art, but like the comic, I don't like And it. I like how shitty the fucking Invisible Man was. And like, you know, it's just... It's like, like banging everybody. Yeah, it was, it was dope. It was a cool story. But yeah, do you think that's why he was okay with... I mean, do you think that's why he was okay with that watch, the Watchmen Babies joke? Because by all by all means, people have done less to yeah. make fun of his characters, and he's gone off on them for way worse. Do you think they said I, because hey, it was a previous comic? Because like it's a comic homage to like to, the to Neil, who was a friend of Alan Moore. Yeah, that's probably and what it was. They probably talked him like, "Hey, look, we're doing this as not." I, they probably he probably had respect. They, I guarantee you, they probably referenced this comic to him oh I wouldn't doubt it that's what I'm saying it's like we're gonna do uh, kind of like the Neil Sandman with the, the little, baby list. we're gonna do like we're gonna do I think I guarantee you that was I, a conversation they had I, with him because I remember seeing that when it first came out and I was just like how the fuck did they get that past Alan Moore yeah like there's like I said there's no way and, I, and out of all people to head to him it's Millhouse yeah <laughs> but you know what I mean so yeah. he's either a huge fan of the Simpsons uh huh because why he out of all the things for him he to has be, to be, everybody's he has, a huge fan I mean everybody is a, yeah. I mean everybody is was or yeah or you know what I mean I mean have you seen that have you seen the episodes with Neil on The Simpsons Neil Neil's been on The Simpsons twice no I haven't they do one <laughs> where um, they make a children's story and they talk, Neil talks about like, oh yeah it's just a group of people <laughs> you know what I'm gonna have to oh, what are they on they're on Disney Plus oh, I'll, I'll find it from there it's hilarious dude and then and then he walks in and goes Neil goes I can help you with that and Mo goes I don't care if you wrote preludes and nocturnes <laughs> it's funny you haven't seen that one no it's funny oh, we'll find it after this okay we'll find it after this and I'll because uh, we'll, we'll, it's such a good episode um, but this story I like though too because it's like it introduces the world like obviously in this whole Sandman universe that we're dealing with with yeah. like Gods and demigods and, and mythological figures. Right, and we have the, like Abraham's God, and like you know, and yeah. like the devil and Hades, and have them all being different worlds and interacting with each other. Now we're dealing with Christianity background, where it's like you got Eve and Adam in this whole story, and then you got Adam's got first. Kid. And yeah. second, and Eve is the, th- the third wife, and then like yeah. even Cain and Abel is like kind of like everything is just kind of muddled together, like so like you don't know. Well, and that's but I think it's, it's also it kind of it's kind of like that. It's kind of because it's all kind of legend stuff. It's all myth. It's all legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all muddled as we know it. Yeah. There's no like set in stone. This is what it is. It's all muddled. Yeah. It's kind of one of the reasons why I love the Evil Dead series. Okay. Because the first movie is inconsistent with the second movie. It's and not. It's, yeah. it's, and you know what I mean? And I don't buy that whole, like, oh, he went away and came back. No, he fucking didn't. They yeah. just, I, I like that it's more of a legend. Like, you hear, oh, it was five people. Oh, they all drove up together. And then you get to the second one. Oh, well, no, these two went together, up together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all these other people showed up later and, and it happened. You know what I mean? You don't have a, f- it's like, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. and I like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when he, at the end of Evil Dead 2, he gets to the medieval land and they, they praise him at the end of Medieval Dead 2. But yeah. you see at the beginning of Army of Darkness, he's in fucking chains. chains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's always like this, it's like this legend, it's this myth. And I, that's what I like about those movies is that it's never, that that I forgive it because it's like someone's like telling it and it's a different type. Like it's like their yeah, version yeah, yeah. of it. And granted, it's all Sam Raimi. And, and I don't get upset when it's like not, you know, it's not 
oh, it's not canon, this isn't canon. No, I feel like it's all canon. Yeah. It's just, it's legend. Because, yeah, because even Cain and Abel don't even know if they're the, like, real Cain and Abel. You know, yeah. Like, is everything, everything's just kind of like, eh, it's oh, wishy-washy. But, yeah, no, I, I liked it. And then, was that the last story in this volume? Uh, there's the Ramadan one, but I don't really... Oh, Ramadan. Because it's still Ramadan. Oh, right now it is. Yeah, but no now it is. Oh. But, um, oh, we're putting it up in like a week or two, so yeah, so yeah, it'll be Ramadan, and um, I liked it, I liked it because I figured this would probably be one of your favorites. I'm just okay with it because I don't, and nothing, I, I think it's well, I figured because it's all about like writing and how writing is like because basically you have like this emperor mm-hmm. or not this emperor, this king of like Baghdad, and how like he wants to preserve the magic and the wonder of his land and then like it's just kind of like he you see the world around it and then like he's trying to figure out the best way he could just kind of keep it together together and have it last forever so like he has his gold key and he like goes to the palace and he's taking you to all these like wondrous rooms you know what it is i think he he does a lot of allegory about writing and that's what uh, okay. And I, and I kind of because like, he does. He does, and, I, yeah. and, I, and I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that shitting on him. It's just yeah. I, I think for someone who writes, it's just okay because you kind of have your own way of how you feel about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think for someone like you, like you don't you do you're creative, but you don't do writing, so you're you know you probably see that world in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see it that way. I see it your way. I'm picking up what you're putting down. But um, I do like how it just basically uh, he ends up taking that sphere of just like all the demons and jinns and all the most evil things, and he's like he's like calling for like you know dream to like grant his wish, and he throws the orb down to like shatter, and it's right before it shatters, dream pops up and catches it, and it's like okay blah blah, blah. strikes that bargain with him, and it's just like okay I'll preserve your world and blah blah blah, but it's not like how he wanted it to be because mm-hmm. like you you see it like you see dream kind of holding a glass jar with the city inside and you see the king walk by in like a crappier more real version of like a street market and it's not as cool and artsy as it was and then he's mesmerized by the city and the, and the thing he's like oh i liked it whatever and he walks away but then you realize what dream has done he's Save the idea, his idea of what the world was to him and passed it down through stories and legends and made it kind of what it was. Then you see, which is a great contrast to what Baghdad is now, and you just see it this like war torn like city and like this kid scrambling through like the trash and debris trying to like whatever. But that idea and dream, that idea and dream of past Baghdad is like still a magical thing. I thought that was pretty dope. Which is a great way to like end this, that volume. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's also a great way to like kind of like bring it to like current date. You know what I mean? Because like you're talking about dream and what better way to like end it with an idea of a dream. So the next one is Brief Lives. Brief Lives is basically the family story. Yeah, this is just him doing a family story. So this one's actually pretty great. And like, there's a I lot love, of great stuff. In I this. love destruction. And this story doesn't have a lot of destruction, but it's about him yeah and it's perfect and this is where i feel like american gods got it, a lot of his inspiration was from the this book, story the book american gods yeah because mainly because it's a road trip huh yeah it's a road trip and also the fact that like you're dealing with gods as you go along basically this all starts with delirium who mm-hmm. ends up missing her brother 
description and, who kind of helped her out through some hard times yeah. and was always like the kind of the shoulder to hang out with and cry on. Yeah, and she loved him and, lo- and lo- from this part of the story we have not seen him. He's been he left and that's, yeah. that was his well, choice. You also so, learned that Delirium was once was once Delight yes. as she got older and yeah, her heart was broken. broken and, yeah. yeah. But like uh, this one is it's like honestly if I'm going to give a story to somebody to read this would be the story for them yeah. to get them into the Sandman story because it it shakes everything up, and then plus you get to see the whole family together. It's or you, you see the whole family, most of the family, everybody's. Oh, in. that's right, you do see everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because Destiny's in there because we're in the garden, but like, but yeah, basically, uh, stories. Uh, Delirium. I I like how Delirium confuses that girl for his sister. Yeah. So Delirium is like you know trying to find her like you know whatever she goes into this party. They won't let her in, but she like dazzles a Jedi mind tricks the bouncer to go into the sex dungeon area. Yeah. And then like as she's freaking out because she's just delirious because she wants her brother, and then she sees what she thinks is her sister Death, and she goes, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I need to go home with you." Blah blah blah. And then you find out it's just some goth chick, <laughs> and like yeah. and then like she's freaking out, and then that's when Desire comes in, and then like Desire being a little bitch just kind of picks her up and takes her over. Because we meet, let's go, sweetie. Yeah, it's like okay, and then, because then like, and then it's shitty that like Delirium goes to the two shitty twins. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like Desire, and she's like, "No, I won't help you. Fuck off." Yeah, Desire won't do anything. And then she's like, "Well, fuck. Okay, well, let me go to despair. Despair and destruction are like, I like, I like that. You know, like these. You guys are close. What's yeah, up? yeah. <laughs> so they're like, yeah. So despair is kind of like, you feel like you know where he, despair knows where he is, but she won't say it. Yeah. But then you could tell where, like, it... Despair even says she misses destruction. And she, like, shows it, too. Like, when she takes she's almost hook. She's almost about to do it, and then she's like, nah, I can't go. Yeah, and then she even takes that hook into her eye, and she just gouges it down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because she's causing her that pain because she misses it. And it's just like... I like, like, each... Each entity is very much showing what they want with whatever. Like, desire... Is being a little bitch because Delirium wants him. Yeah. And then, like, as Desire, what better way to have you want something than take it away from you? So that's why Desire says no because she's he's prolonging that want from Desire from De- Delirium. And I'm like, yeah. and it's like, of course you could say no because you're just making it worse for her, and that Desire just it burns up because that fuels a whole journey after yeah. that. So then Dream decides, all right, she meets up with Dream, and Dream's like, all right. Yeah, but what I love... Well, but he, he's not, well, he's kind of like, all right, but he's just like, his reason for going is that he wants to find some girl that he broke up with. Yeah, because he's all, and I like how when he's sad, he's just like, super sad, and all the Dream world is just raining. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, it's just to be sad, everyone's sad today. Everyone's <laughs> sad, uh, I'm upset. Yeah, because he's a little bitch sometimes no no he is but then like he's but he's super selfish and it's just kind of like okay cool like but um the interaction between delirium and dream is the best because dream just tolerates her and you can see that and delirium is just like delirium is a delight to be around because like she's fun she's bubbly she's weird but then she's super on point with a lot of things just randomly but she brings it out in a fun way. It's kind of it, she kind of blurt things out like Tracy Morgan sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And it's a well, that'd be great when they make the show and they have Tracy Morgan play. <laughs> but like, uh, but you see that interaction, and then like later on in the story, even Delirium says like, 
I don't like it when you judge me for my shit. Yeah. I like it when you don't. And then you... She calls him and it's bullshit. And then he realizes what it is. And then as soon as they have that conversation, or like later on in the story, Dream's like, yeah, I'm being a dick. My bad. Let me tell yeah. well, you. my sister. I love him, you. Like, Death has to tell him, quit being a bitch and go. Yeah, and she kisses him and she's like, ah, fuck. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, but like, it's like, and you see that interaction. And then what's great is that these are all archetypes of just like emotions and beings and like this kind of just humanity in general. And that, But I like how we're taking that and we're bringing it down a level and now now they're interacting like brothers and sisters like brothers and sisters do you know what I mean like yeah. some of them don't get along some of them do some of them have friendships behind you, you know I mean it's a very like mm-hmm. it's a very family view and it's such a great way to show this pantheon of like gaming's the world and like this story this is probably I think I think it's a perfect story this is one of the few perfect stories it's a yeah. perfect story from beginning to end and I fucking love it I love it so much um but yeah, we and then we end up meeting gods because, or where are we? Or do you want to go in order? No, no, let's do what you want. Oh, so I I like it because um you we meet um we forgot about Ruby. Oh, the, is it the one who dies in the hotel room? Yeah, yeah. Because like the thing is like that's well, how death pops up. Yeah, and then like so after all this is going on, like it's one of those words like they decide to take this trip in the physical world. Yeah, and so they're like, okay, well, shit, and so now they have to leave him on a plane, and like you know, then it's on the car. And then, like, they're trying to make their way to try to find him. And um, Ruby's their driver. And then, but, like, the problem is Ruby's smoking and falls asleep. And then she burns. ends up burns the hotel down. And then it's, that's where Dream's, like, something's wrong. I get that this is how it's done. Mm-hmm. But. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. And then, like, he realizes what's going on. And then he, like, death pops in. That's when he's like, stop being addicted to fucking delirium. Like, you know, whatever. And then, like, delirium pops back to her realm. Then Dream has to go to her realm and then like kind of get her, kind of get her. But I like how when you see that change, where it's like Death is talking to Dream, and then everything's just black and white because everything is black and white between the two of them. That's why they get along yeah. so well because it's super clear across. But like when he goes, okay, you need like Death gives him that gives him that kiss, tells him don't be a dick. He goes over to her, her realm. And it's just a contrast of just color and just just all this yeah. shit, and you just see this dark silhouette of Dream just like walking through her world, and like they it's, they just throw color at you like a motherfucker, and it's just dark Dream just kind of going around. But Dream and colors they like they work well, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like you see how they kind of do get along, but it's not his bag, you know what I mean? So like it, I like how it, visually they show you how they're different and how they work well with each other because throughout those panels it's it's the good contrast yeah because it's it's all color and just tiny black and then like as you get along you just realize that it just it works so well yeah um but yeah then they meet the destruction's ex-girlfriend and then uh she's a stripper she's a stripper and then like because she's a god and then like dream tells her there's two things one i'm looking do you know where my brother is and she's like i I haven't seen him because that's not direct answer he goes I don't know where the fuck he is he's like, he's like okay cool he goes second of all I should have told you this earlier um something bad might happen so mm, be careful <laughs> and then like as he as they leave um oh Matthew comes back into play the the black crow yes and then um as they leave um what's her face goes back on stage and she starts dancing and like that's when like the explosion happens and whatever 
but like right before then she even tells dream like oh you're here blah 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 are you gonna sacrifice a goat a sheep to me are you gonna make me are you gonna worship me like to kind yeah. of give her her power and he goes no like i'm just here for my stuff and like have you seen my brother and whatever she ends up dying but that's like basically what american gods is it's just all yeah. these gods that are just kind of stuck in the real world and they're not being worshipped anymore, so they're not strong, and they're desperate for that and they're need. Dying off. Yeah, and they're dying off. And it makes sense that she's at a strip those. club, dancing, for the men's attention. You know what I mean, so it yeah. works super well. And then um, they end up like going to Destiny, asking Destiny like, "Hey, because um, Destiny has the book of everything." And so he like, you know, he has a conversation, and he's like, "Don't go." He goes, "Don't go." I'm not going to tell you. I don't know where he's at. And I like how when they get to Destiny's realm, it's like a maze. But when they get to where he's at, Delirium sees an image of herself as Delight. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, oh, is that me? He goes, oh, that was me. He goes, And she goes, oh, I was beautiful once. And Dream goes, yeah, you were you were very beautiful. You know what I mean? And then like yeah. it goes into like Destiny being a little shithead. Delirium doesn't want to be serious and be focused and be present and be aware because she can but it hurts her she does just a fucking spit and like destiny's face like fuck you destruction it says everything is two coins and you know this and blah 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 and puts destiny in this place he goes yeah okay yeah. <laughs> he goes like then i'll tell you this oh like and then that's where fucking dream gets fucking slapped in the face too because um he asks destiny is like well will you tell me what i need to hear and he and then destiny is like yeah you're a little bitch. You got your heart broken. You're not going to fucking see her again. And then when you do see her, it's not going to be good. And it's not going to be good for the both of you. So fucking there you go. And Dream's like, all right, what the fuck? <laughs> I want to know this. He goes, you didn't ask me what you need, what you wanted to hear. You told me what you needed to hear. And yeah. I told you this. Just like kind of like older brother, sibling type yeah. of thing. Yeah. They tell him like, oh, go see an oracle. And then so he's like, okay. So they're trying to figure out. And then that's where. Yeah. Well, that's when this. And Neil says that's when this comic becomes a tragedy. Oh, for sure. Oh, so right before then, it's um, he sees he seeks out Bass, and then that's where he's like, okay, cool, and then like destruction because he's just like because the story used to be, Dream was just here just because he was just having a, a big old sad, yeah. and now he's here because Ruby died, and like he doesn't want that death to be, um, in vain, uh, in vain or dishonored or not without a cause yeah so he's carrying out now he's focused about carrying on he's actively looking for him and now that he's actively actively looking for destruction now the story is taking up yeah and, then, that, so, and that's when the, like, that's what Neil says that's when it becomes a tragedy yeah and then, that, that, and, and that as soon as he starts looking for destruction that he's like he's like I can pinpoint because he, they talk because it's like he's being interviewed throughout that handbook that I have oh okay and so this person's asking, like, his Reddit is asking questions about it, and he goes, "Yeah, this is what this is." Oh no, no, it's not this. But he goes, he goes, you can pinpoint exactly when this comic becomes a tragedy. He goes, it's the end of chapter six. But the thing is, like, I get why destruction is not in the story until now, yeah. because the thing is, like, he's ending the story, and like, what better way to end the story than to seek destruction? Yeah, I mean, and then like, even like with the story too, it's like, you know, it's like from the moment he decides. This is what I want. Now I'm after this. Mm-hmm. Destruction, regardless of you, whether you believe he abandoned his position or not, is still his realm. And he's handling it the way he is. 
the moment you step on the path of destruction, it's all for naught. You know I mean, yeah. and it's just like it's the perfect like Ending. story. Yeah. yeah, and then but like yeah, with even when you see Bass, like it's one of those where it's like, I like how he gives her the dream. Like you know, like he goes, you, he sees weird. her city. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you see the ghost cats in the desert. And, like, they have that conversation, and she's just asking Dream, are you going to be my Tom for the night? And then Dream's like, is that what you want? And she goes, no. It's but, you know, she just wants yeah. that attention. She needs that desire. She needs that focus on her because she's a god who's dying. And then it's yeah. just kind of like, it's a cool little moment that they have with each other, and then she's gone. I mean, And then you see her just, like, in the shitty little area just eating cats. And then she is only awakened by women who have dreams or have prayers that the cat got hit by a car and needs to go quickly and like, yeah but then bass is eating that cat like saying like granting these like far off prayers but it's, it's a dope little like yeah, i mean it's, it's, there's so many trippy fucking things in the story dude and that's but, one of the most trippy trippy images out of all of them but i like how like they're like uh, after they talk with destiny they're like okay well I need to. You go and Destiny basically tells him, "You know where there's another Oracle." So I don't know why. You're yeah, here. and then he's like, "Okay," and then it cuts to Orpheus. Dream told him, "Like FYI." So uh, previously, what we didn't mention from the Orpheus story is that Dream told him, "Like Dream, by the way, is Orpheus's father." Yes. Yes. Thank you, Force. But now it's just intermingled with like the Endless. Um, Orpheus has his wife. She ends up dying the day of the wedding. Orpheus is now like kind of just sad about the whole thing, and then like he goes to Hades to bring her back, and they tell him, "Don't turn around. If you make it to the air, you're fine." But then he remembers Hades laughing, and that's just in his head. And right before he gets to the end, he realizes he's been made fun of, and turns around and sees his wife, and she just kind of goes off. As he's just mourning about his own stupidity, he shouldn't have looked back. Um, he meets a group of women, wild women. The, the Furies and they're just kind of like kind of talking to him and they're like they're asking him like you know would you sacrifice this or would you have sex with us and blah 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 and praise us and he's like no so he goes well we didn't ask and they rip him to shreds take his head and throw him in the river all that was kind of like whatever somebody picks up his Morpheus picks up his head and tells him hey and he was like I'm never going to see you again I don't want to see you. you your life is your life and your death is your death I'm done yeah, and yeah. he steps away and then now it's to the point where like Dream has not seen his son in, like, thousands of years. Yeah, 3,000 years, since, something like that. Yeah, and then now it's, like, he has to see he has to see his son. And you, I like how, like, it gets to the point where, like, they get to where they need to. Um, they're making all these calls or whatever. And then, like, I like how they, when the Dream talks, like, everyone hears them in whatever language they need to hear them in. And yeah. And, like, so they see, he goes in to see his son. And he walks into the room. It cuts to the panel where it's just them and then him walking out. And then, like, you yeah, know. Yeah, like they talk and, and you then, don't know what they talk about. You don't know what they talk about because it's like, it's not us, it's not for us to know. And then you're just like, fuck. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very heavy tone, but like, I like how they move on and like, you finally see destruction. And then, like, throughout the entire story, they kind you, of pepper in, like, you see this guy, like, making dinner and like, kind of hanging out with this dog. Yeah, painting the picture. Yeah, the, and kind of doing all these things. And the dog, I love the dog. Uh, Barnaby? Barnabas. Barnabas. Yeah. yeah. And he's a super sweet talking dog, all these funny little one-liners and stuff like that. But the very beginning of the story, when Delirium was talking to Dream, after he talked to Despair, the twins, Despair and Desire, he goes, you know, fucking Despair's got her fucking rats. 
and just kind of bitching like you know about people having stuff and she doesn't have anybody and that's why she misses destruction because she used to have him yeah at the very end of the story she, she ends takes, up getting her companion yeah which is not destruction but it's, it's the dog it's the dog and then yeah. I, I love that it was just such a perfect like everybody kind of gets what they want it's not what you expected but it's what what, you, what they needed, and yeah. you know, and at the end of it, destruction decides. Well, you know where I'm at now, so I'm going to leave again. Yeah, and then basically, like, because he's just like, well, I haven't been in my room in forever, and things are still being destroyed, and things are being built, and it doesn't matter if I'm there or not. Yeah, it's good. because if happen. he's if he relinquishes his whatever, a new form of destruction will go away. Yeah. And if that does happen, then he might just be gone. You know what I mean, so it's yeah. kind of like, well, you find out then that too. Uh, he cooked them dinner and like the, oh you knew where we were coming he goes yeah of course he did but it's because he's had like these fail safe traps to like kind of let him know yeah. that's not waiting pool or it was like telling him that people were looking for him but unfortunately he had struck he had like if you were looking for him bad things were going to happen like yeah the fire like the explosion at the strip club and then like dreams like you know well, what the fuck he goes like well I could have stopped all those from happening but I would have to take up my entire role of destruction yeah, and I didn't, I just couldn't do that. And then even like, but he tells him that Dr- uh, Delirium has grown up. And then you know, I was like, and then he looks at Dream. He goes, "You've grown up." And then like, and then he's like, and then he has a conversation that Dream was on this quest when he decided he was looking for destruction because of Ruby. He goes, "You've changed. You wouldn't give two shits about these fucking mortals, and yet here we are." Yeah, here we you, are. You, you know, like you've changed. You don't see it, but you have. And then so like, and then I like how that whole thing where it's just. Uh, he takes a cloth from like a dream, mm-hmm. and then he changes it to like a hobo satchel. He makes a bindle. Yeah, and he throws. But I like how he doesn't abandon his family. He takes all their tokens with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, puts them in a little bindle. You're still family. I mean, as much as you don't yeah. want to be around them, like you're still family, and he still has ways to get a hold of them if they need to. Yeah. But he wants to be left alone, so he just. Takes off, yeah. takes off like a homeless person, like into the stars. Like yeah. I thought that was such a great little like. All right, well, fuck. We're done talking, so right. I'm yeah. not going to change. You're not going to change. Why are we having this conversation? Like, peace out. Yeah, I I get that you want me back, but you're not taking into consideration my choices. So like, I'm yeah. out. And then so it was a great little moment. But then it gets to the very end where it's like, destruction asked him, "What did this cost you?" And like he's like, "Ah, I have to kill my son." And then so it cuts to like. Dream going back to the island, and yeah, and then Delirium's like, I want to say goodbye, and like Dream's trying to be very somber and very kind of whatever, and Delirium's like, man, it's gonna say bye. He goes, okay, don't take the dog, and she pops in, I like how it's just like, boop, yeah. hey, hey, it's me, hi, hi. <laughs> yeah. and then so she's like, you know, like she doesn't say hi or bye. It's not weird. She's just like, okay, well, goodbye. You know what I mean, and it's very kind of like, she's super aware of the situation. Mm-hmm. She's super aware of what's gonna happen. Delirium doesn't lie. Delirium just is very kind of like... This is what it is. This is what it is. I'm just here. Yeah. Bye. You know what I mean? And like I like how like even in the sense of like death, you have that kind of delirium like what's going to happen next. And like I like how she just pops in for a second and she's gone. You don't see how he does it, but Morpheus ends up like... But I like how everything is just the viewpoint of Orpheus. Mm-hmm. You know, because people just walk in a frame and walk out of frame. And there's no moving of the panel. And then, like, but, like, uh, Dream just kind of, like, kills him. Kills him, yeah. And then his hand's all bloody, and then his, he closes his son's eyes and tells him, you know, your life is your life, and your death is your death. And then he walks away, and his hand's just dripping blood, but 
the blood falls down and makes those flowers. He goes back to his own realm and then like he washes his hands mm-hmm. and then the blood that he's washing, he sees his son and it's kind of like... There's a lot. It's heavy. It's a heavy, heavy story, but it's a fucking perfect story. It's a perfect story. Um, and then the last one is... The World's End. The World's End. And this one is basically... I, it's kind of Canterbury Tales. It's kind of Neil's Canterbury Tales. Yeah, and it's basically there's a reality storm going on because destruction is now in the universe. Whether this is regarding that or not, but now he's... You know what I mean? I think anytime destruction is anywhere or moves around somewhere, it's just a wake of chaos. And then I think that's what causes this reality storm. Yeah. And so basically now you have these pools of reality that are intermingling in this one hotel... And then now you have like, but it spans time too because you got werewolves and you got just random kind of people. And yeah, like, and they're all singing in this hotel and they're all each telling stories. This other one with a short story. Yeah, and it, it's it's all kind of pointless, but they kind of loosely kind of connect to a story and like. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, he said he wanted to do one more thing where he can kind of. Um, Write like other authors he likes and do other genres before yeah. he wraps up the whole thing. Because he knew, because the Family Ones is next, and that starts like the end of yeah, everything. Yeah. So, I feel like we're talking so much about this. What's your favorite story out of this? Out of this one, um, I liked um, Golden Boy. Golden Boy, which one? The one about the president? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff in there, but. The 17-year-old president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the teenage president. That, do that smiley fake, Mr. Smiley? Yeah, there's a bunch of watchmen. Dude, that's so creepy. He looks well, like... Well, there's, it's a Watchmen reference. Oh, I... Well, so, okay. So, I was... I knew there was, like, an old comic book called, like, The Presidents, or, like... Oh, oh, The Prez, yeah. Um, right? And there was a guy in there named Smiley, but they made him look fucking evil in this thing. Yeah, well, what happens is, like, so this kid's... I elected as a president. He's seventeen. Yeah. But like, there's a bunch of stuff to do. He's elected like right after Richard Nixon, and he even meets like <laughs> he even comes to the house to the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he like he meets all these people. The one part that was really what's really weird is he meets that that um the John Belushi. Oh yeah yeah the samurai. Yeah, yeah he meets yeah. John Belushi and John Belushi like because that was that was like like life changing for him. So I think they kind yeah. of insinuate like because he got elected. He got to do these. He didn't yeah. die. Like he, yeah. didn't, he didn't overdose. Oh, he kind of, okay. It's an elderly John Belushi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, since so, so they do that, but have you ever read? I like that whole reference to like uh, Wildcat. Yeah. yeah. Well, have you? Um, he yeah, that whole assassination attempt. Yeah, with, yeah. with the girl who's wearing the smiley face, like the. Watchman. Oh yeah, that's right. Did you ever read the uh, Goldfish Pools and other stories? No. Yeah. No, I haven't read it. It's in one of the short story books uh-huh you know there's like three or four of those that he has he, he'll collect all of them into one book yeah um so this one is about um it's about him going to i don't think if it's him or if it's some narrative but i feel like it's kind of about him because it seems like it's about him going to hollywood and them trying to make a movie out of um either like watchmen or watchmen i'm sorry out of like sandman oh out of good omens okay and he kind of changes it up a bit, like when they're describing things. But he's having all these meetings with executives. But uh-huh. the hotel he's staying at is the hotel. The room that he's staying in is the room that John Belushi died. And all these people keep telling him, "Oh, you know, this is the room John Belushi died." And they keep saying, changing who was with John Belushi. Okay. Night. And it's a really weird story. So I don't know. I mean, 
he must either be a huge like Animal House fan or a Saturday Night Live fan or a Blues Brothers fan. Like I like all the references that he pulls. I always feel like oh, like he likes everything. Yeah. Because here's here's That's interesting. No. Well, here's what I think though because. His favorite movie, because I, I, I read tons of, I'll read any article that pops up with Neil, talks about his favorite movie last year was Tolkien. They made a movie about J.R. I heard about it. I had, but I, it, it didn't do well, and a lot of people didn't like it, which makes me realize that he likes his shit. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. He likes his thing. That's, you know, like I said, reading The Hobbit, I can see where he gets a lot of his influence from Tolkien. Yeah. So he... Um, he was talking about like, oh, I my favorite movie last year was Tolkien, and that by all means got like it's like at a fifteen or twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it did do really well. Like, it was only in theaters for a bit, and I saw it on Redbox really fast. But I wasn't into That's Tolkien, weird. so and yeah. I didn't want to, and I didn't want to read. I don't want to see it until after I finish the books. So I don't want to have it spoil anything right in the books. So it made me realize like I I, I like him. He's he's probably the most realist person. Ever because like he just likes his shit. He like he likes his thing. You know what I mean? Like, who, there, there's things that you like that are horrible. You like fucking Ready to Rumble, and that's a horrible piece of shit. Ready to Rumble is a great movie. It's a horrible. It's a movie. that's a great movie. I'll fight not, you the day I die. I love that movie. We could probably do. I want to watch that movie right now after this. You you do that. I would ask. I would say let's do it on here, but it's not streaming anywhere. I have the DVD and the VHS. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. But, you know what I mean? Like, so that's what I like. So, I mean, just you can see that all these, all the different authors he likes, all the different influences he like, And that's what I like about some of these stories in The in the World's End. Yeah. Um, Hobbes Levithian, going about Hobbes and the ship that he has and uh, all that. Yeah, and yeah. That guy, and that, Actually, that's the one I like. The, the one with the girl. Yeah. I know, well, you like it because it says, call me Jim. I know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a nod to Moby Dick. Yeah, also, I kind of felt there was a little bit of a... Um, and it's him doing Red Red Heart of Darkness. It was closer to Rudyard Kipling, is what he. Oh, okay. Have you ever you've never no. read any? Did you never read like the Jungle Book or anything? I've never read the Jungle Book. I read the Graveyard Book. The graveyard Book. Well, that's essentially what the Jungle the Graveyard Book is. It's him doing, kind of repurposing the Jungle Book into that, you know. Modernizing uh, it and changing. Modernizing it. it, you know. Baloo's the vampire. Baloo's the vampire. Um, Bagheera was the what was the oh, one of the other. One of the other monsters, like, I can't think, of, but you know the, the, that's what those are supposed to be. Like those are the things. The wolves are the family that adopts him. Oh, nobody is Mowgli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that, that's it's you didn't know okay. you never picked yeah. up that that was supposed to be the Jungle Book. No, the Graveyard Book, the Jungle Book. I, I the ghouls are the monkeys. The you've never picked up either of those. Uh-uh. Yeah. And then how he sends them to the real world because he can't stay here, and he sends them like he goes yeah. back to the man world. He's going back to the. You know, the man world is what it is in the Jungle Book. Yeah. You know what? Maybe because there was no songs, I didn't pick up on it. Okay, there's no songs. But did you ever read any? any no. Ricky Tiki Tavi? No. Nothing like that, really? Um, Ricky Tiki... Tavi. No, I've read Ricky Tiki Tumbo, the two Chinese kids with kites. That's not... Do you want Ricky Tiki Tumbo, no sir, Rumbo. I mean that's what he was doing. I mean with with some of these, it's just him showing his. What what other stories were in this? Um, there's the 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 one where the where the guys in the dream about the cities. Oh yeah, that one's pretty cool. I like that one. Yeah, he, that yeah. was that was that was the first story, and that one was more like a. Uh, what's his name? Old horror. Oh, Cthulhu. Lovecraft. Yeah. Which side note? 
I never read H.P. Lovecraft, really. I have a book well, here. I've also, and I, I never figured out why. It's creepy. Okay, I've also never figured out why. I found out that he's like a giant racist. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, well, you should look up the name of his dog. Oh my god, okay, hold on, two seconds. So, uh, whoa. <laughs> Whoa! First off, it was a cat. It was his cat? I yeah. thought it was a dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Okay, the name of the cat was... I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Uh, has often been cited as discussion of Lovecraft's racial attitudes. Did I ever tell you what I've what I always wanted for a dog name? Not bad, huh? No, not that. Um, grandma. Only for a male dog. Okay. Because I kind of like... One, because it's like Peter Pan's like with Nana. You know what I mean? But also, for the sheer fact that it's a male dog, it's kind of funny because your your boy dog is named Grandma. Yeah. And also, if the dog were to ever like piss himself in like the living room or take a shit in the living room, I could yell out, God damn it, Grandma, you took a shit in the living room again! <laughs> All right, but just for that joke. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, this was pretty much Neil's Canterbury Tales. Yeah, um, I this story he, he did these he did these on purpose. The short stories aren't my favorites. I feel I mean, like they, I feel like they're really good act breaks though. Yeah, well, because um, like the way we're reading this volume is not in order of release. No, I know because he kind of had those. Because what he would what he said he would do is because he wanted people to jump into the book. Uh-huh. Is he would do these short stories. And then he would give him a chance to kind of get to an end of a story on it, and then he can get them back into the books. Yeah, because Definitely. yeah, because because like, like yeah, it, it's he's peppered in other stuff in between all these, but like um, I mean like the way that these graphic novels are broken out, I think are perfect because mm-hmm. I would have been a little more irritated reading the short stories in between the larger story. You know what I mean? Because it pulls you right out, but only because yeah. like we're reading it in like completed chunks. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, like, so what do you think so far with the stories? I like them. I mean, it's Neil. I'm a huge Neil fan. I would say, I would say my order still goes Stephen King, Kerouac, and then probably Steve Martin, then Neil. Hey, Forrest. Hey, Jimmy. So next week I have a little treat for you. Is a little bedtime tre- story treat movie for a you. A bedtime story treat? Yeah, it's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. The original one. I, uh, I've never seen it. Uh, it is, I'm going to say a great, like almost a perfect movie. All right. So next week. Well, that's going to do it for the episode this week. If you have any questions or comments, you can hit us up at our Instagram at YH blank that or you can email us at YH blank that at gmail.com bye bye